Hello world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to the show Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. It has been an interesting two weeks at the beginning of January 2018. I've certainly had my patience tested and my resolve, had a few epiphanies, have a new direction, just a lot to to process in two weeks. In Canada, our corporate or our um, government year ends are all December 31st, so the first few weeks of January and right to the end of the month, but especially the first two weeks, has a lot of deadlines, a lot of requirements. And as the fact that I still run a bookkeeping business and and do this type of work, I am I'm tied into those deadlines and it usually makes it for a very busy time of year. And then we come into taxation. Now I don't get involved in taxation like I used to, but still mentally and physically I just, you know, have muscle memory of how stressful January to March normally is for me. Not to mention I live in the northern hemisphere where there is so little sunshine during the month of January in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. These things all play on our psyche. My daughter-in-law, our future daughter-in-law, has come to Canada uh, from South Africa. She came here in December and spent Christmas and such with us and has been able to stay for a few months and her and my son have found their first apartment and moved out and unfortunately that adjustment has just been a little more than they could cope with. So family, of course, has to step in and, and give a helping hand where we can. You know, you're, they're your kids, you, you just love to help them, but you, your heart breaks a little bit when you just see them struggling and you want to fix everything for them, but you simply can't. Whether they're three or 30, children, adults have got to find a way and be allowed to work through things and learn their lessons. Otherwise, we don't, we don't move forward. And it's very hard for me considering I, you know, do this podcast and do a lot of facilitation with people around changing your mind, being aware, making good choices. My host kids probably laugh at me because when I drop them off at school every day, I'm always like, have a great day. Love you. Make good choices. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little ritual. They'll probably remember it for the rest of their lives. But it's so true. It's such an inane little thing, but it's so true about making good choices and it being a choice, not a knee-jerk reaction or a re- involuntary response to the stimuli around us. Now, that being said, I've certainly had that tested this last couple of weeks. Now, a week and a bit ago, I finally had a full mastermind session with one of with well, my main coach, I've had a few in my lifetime and many are still in my life right now, but this is the a main coach I'm working with right now on launching more of the non-accounting side of my business. Where am I taking this podcast, Living Well with Shell? What are the things that can happen the outside of that? And you've probably heard me talk a lot the last year about the website getting done. It's behind schedule. And it's funny how you look around and get, I was getting very frustrated. I was also spending a lot of time and energy which is two very different things. I think I've spoken in the past about managing energies. It's something I do now more than I do manage time due to my fibromyalgia. I have to manage my energy in my daytime or in my schedule for a week, not necessarily my time. I may have a lot of time. Doesn't mean I have a lot of energy to accomplish things. So to be high functioning, I have to have good habits in place, good, you know, good rituals, good, just a specific plan to, to be the best I can be. 
Now, that being said, we did this mastermind session and we talked uh, in the kind of early fall, late summer last year in 2017. And we came up with a few ideas, but again, nothing was quite sitting right. You know, you're looking to the universe for an answer. And it's interesting sometimes in our moments of frustration, when we feel that nothing is coming together, sometimes there's a reason for that. I heard an expression years ago, and it was more to do with the, with Christianity, but in God, it was, you know, sometimes the best things in life are what God does, the prayers God doesn't answer. <laughs> best things that can happen to us are the, I think that's how it went, the best thing that can happen to it is God not answering a prayer. You know, that, that can be very valid, and I certainly, the last three or four months, I really had to think about it. Why are these things not coming together? Now, I'm a big believer in faith. I live my life by faith. I'm a believer in the law of attraction. I, I've always lived my life knowing that things were going to work out. My life has not been easy, but my life has been joyful and very full of rich experiences. And I have the number one thing I have is the most amazing people in my life. I attracted that to myself and I'm very blessed in that area. And I give a lot of gratitude for that in my life. So that being said, this has been a little bit frustrating. You know, the renovation that we did in our home all of uh, last fall ran over time right into Christmas. Now it's Christmas. That's a very special time for me with my family. Our son came and lived with us for a short while while he was transitioning from South Africa to a new job here in Vancouver in the IT world. That was that was a struggle. I am not one of those parents that think it's just amazing that my children live with me to the day I die. Nope. Get an education, get a job, get the get the hell out of my house. Some days that's honestly how I feel. It's like, you're an adult now. You need to go make your decisions. I've raised you. I gave you 25 years of my life. And now I have other, I have other things, tasks I want to accomplish and goals I want to, I want to meet in my life. And they cannot revolve around you keep dumping back on my doorstep or moving home all the time. So it was a short term and I was, we're happy to have them, but I, I have to be right up front with you. I am not that parent. I know lots of my friends that are, they would be happy if their kids just stayed home forever. Yeah, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Everybody's different. So we had some adjustment with that many people living under one roof with the renovation going on. And then my daughter-in-law arrived and Ryan had to, our son had to adjust to having as well his significant other with them all the time when he's very used to having a lot of time to himself. All right, we get through New Year's. We're into the new year. Now my work schedule kind of kicks in and the kids have moved into their own apartment. It's time to have a conversation with the coach. In dealing with him the other day and brainstorming, asking what the last six months were like, he's kind of picking through my brain, picking through what was going on, what I've accomplished, what I haven't, why. It's, you know, you've always got to ask the question, why? Why did this work out? Why didn't this work out? Why are you doing something? If you've ever been in a multi-level marketing company, the number one thing, especially in this day and age with, you know, good, good coaching and teaching a lot of the higher end companies are offering, they... The number one thing, if you want to exceed it, you have to have a why. Something that is a burning desire that's going to drive you to success. And that's just not the, that's not the case just in MLM. It's the case in your whole life. But it just seems to be quite prevalent in the social media type marketing uh, companies. They really seem to want to drive that home. And since those businesses are very difficult and take a good five years to get established, you can have a, some instant success, but to have longevity, or if you're not one of those people that just ran out of the gate, got in with the company young and you made a whole bunch of money, you know, you could spend five years building that business. But if you truly had, you know, thousands of dollars of residual income coming in besides your paycheck, would that five years not be worth the investment? 
just a thought. But you have to have a why. That why has got to drive you. So with that being said, you know, he's running through my list of things. Well, one of the things that kept coming up over and over again is my rituals and or my habits. I had to learn very young, and this has been a work in progress my whole life, that my schedule is very important to me. I sort of, I sort of revolve around it. My habits, what I do and don't do, how I've created new habits. I was lucky enough to get coaching in my life when I was much younger and take courses that, that taught these things to me. You do not come out of the womb, people, just knowing this stuff. You must go out and seek education and knowledge. Pray for wisdom, meditate. It will come to you, the universe will answer. But if you don't ask, if you haven't knocked on the door, no one's opening it for you, okay? No one's opening a closed door that you haven't knocked on. Very rarely. I understand every now and then someone wins the lottery. Well, by just out of, you know, right there's my example, still had to buy the lottery ticket. There has to be a choice by you moving forward, something that you actually physically do to create that reaction. Something just kept coming up over and over and over again. He says, you have a lot of habits and you are incredibly high functioning. Now, where that came from was I was telling him a story when I was first diagnosed with fibromyalgia almost five years ago now. Four years ago I was diagnosed, but I've been living with this sort of almost for five years now. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was devastated. I was like, what? This cannot be happening to me. I, I've got so much more to accomplish. I have a career. I have a, you know, a home that needs to be paid for and da 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 well, one of the doctors said to me right out of the gate, it was completely their terminology, Shelly, you are very high functioning. I have patients in wheelchairs. I'm thinking, well, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> that is just not going to happen, at least no time soon. That phrase stuck, has stuck in my head for the past five years while I have battled you know, adrenal fatigue, then getting something else kind of going with a business and then crashing and realizing that I had this illness and it had to be addressed. So I, I was telling the story to my coach and he says, high functioning, let's Google that. Cause you're, you know, you're looking for marketing, you're looking for how to relate to people. The number one goal when someone wants to be in service to someone else is how do you reach the people that need you? You know, whether you're volunteering or you're being paid for it, it's, it's completely irrelevant. That is not the point of the marketing, the marketing, how do you reach people that need to hear what you have to say? So he was, you know, we're on this conference call and he's Googling. He says, do you know, every time you pull up the phrase high functioning, it relates specifically to some illness, high functioning autism, high functioning depression, high functioning bipolar. And I'm thinking, why is the term high functioning always linked to a disease where someone, they're giving the illusion or the impression, the impression, sorry, not the illusion, that there's something wrong with you, <laughs> but you, you have to, you're functioning, you know, the best you can with what you've got. Well, I'm thinking, well, that is actually a, a, not a bad thought process, but the negative connotation around it was a bit disturbing. So we got talking about my habits and how I, the things I talk about in this podcast, because I talk about, you know, things that work for me, why certain things in, in your life and habits and forming and deciding and not living in regret, all of these things sort of tie in. It's a, it's a very commonality um, or a common goal, common theme, sorry, is the word I'm looking for, of subject matter, there's a lot of commonality in the things I talk about. Even if I am going from health to business, back to this lifestyle and meditation, it really doesn't matter. 
I became quite aware quite quickly while he was speaking to me that these are my habits and that I have very high functioning habits because I have an extreme expectation to be high functioning no matter the issue. Now, as it turns out, I have fibromyalgia. But when I was 16, I realized I had quite a sensitivity. I call it an allergy. It's not, but it's just easier for people to understand. To caffeine. I did not function well on caffeine. I would break out in these boils and I was like, what's going on here? Well, apparently my adrenal system, it just cannot handle it. So I got the habit, again, the habit of never having it in my diet. It was a, if I cheated, I paid for it. I'd break out, sometimes had to go on antibiotics. I created a habit around something that wasn't working in my life. In my 20s, early, early 20s, I, I had just come through counseling at 18, 19, where I took myself to the doctor. Unfortunately, through abuse in my very young years of 11, 12 years of age, I developed an eating disorder by the time I was 16 as well, kind of in those teen years. Well, you know what? That went on unchecked for a number of years until I went to the doctor and said, you know what? I'm not able to control this willpower anymore. I need some systems in place to help me deal with this. I sought counseling. I spent years battling that, that you can call the disease if you like, uh, my anorexia. And I dealt with that. Again, habits had to be put in place. In my late twenties, it was discovered mid to late twenties that I was a celiac and it sure explained a lot of illness of issues I was having with my body and illnesses that were happening. I'm celiac. They did a biopsy. I was rushed to the hospital for a, a pain and in my abdomen, we could not figure out what was going on. They did a biopsy right there on the spot, realized I was a celiac. Nowadays you can have a blood test so much nicer. Well, once again, my life, I have to make choices. How do I want to live? If I want to live healthy, I can't be having wheat in my diet. Gluten cannot exist. So I had to learn once again, go get educated, went out to get knowledge and create new habits. <laughs> do you see the theme here? Okay. 20s and 30s, it was kind of irrelevant. 40s, doesn't matter what decade was this. In my career, I had to create habits and some of these things, like anything, a habit sometimes can be unconscious. You can have a, you know, I used to bite my nails when I was younger and I had to train myself not to do that. A little bit different than just willpower. Habits are usually um, designed around a thought in your head, thoughts become things. You make a decision, you have the thought, you keep that thought alive through, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, mantras. That's not the term I'm looking for, but if you know what a mantra is, you, it's self-talk. That's the word I'm looking for. Thoughts are things. And then you decide what, what needs to change in your life. So sometimes a habit is something needs to be excluded from my life for either a period of time or permanently, and I replace it with something else. And you need to do that repetitively. That's how habit gets formed. That's how the nail biting gets started. There's, you have to have a, re there's a reason for it. Now, my habits are conscious. A lot of us, all of us actually develop habits through our life unconsciously. We react to the stimuli around us. What's wonderful about becoming conscious about it is you can look at things. You take a step back and say, I've been band-aiding something, but what is the actual wound? What's the pain behind it? Or what is causing this reaction that I keep doing this thing? When that awareness becomes a cognitive thought, you can change the habit, okay? Now, here's something most of you can relate to, drinking alcohol. I have a habit that I do, and this is a segue, but I just wanna bring you back in to make sure I haven't lost you. Monday to uh, Thursday, I do not drink. 
I actually have to be very careful with my drinking at all because of fibro, but I'm talking 10 years ago before the fibromyalgia became an issue, just in my own life. I have a husband that's a very heavy drinker and we've been together married for 15 years and that really started to affect my life because it became, it became a crutch and it became acceptable because it was acceptable to him. So it became acceptable to me. I'm also a winophile. I love wine. I'm quite knowledgeable about it. And I actually have three years of education in it with the YSET, Worldwide Wine Education Trust. I had a wine cellar in the custom-built home I built 18 years ago. All of this kind of stuff. Okay, or 15 years ago. You're following me here on this line of thought? But the destructiveness of that was affecting my depression, my weight, and my ability uh, to cope, even to save money because alcohol is expensive. Drinking, especially in Canada, is costly. Anyways, for whatever, it doesn't matter what the reasons then or now, they, they were different, but I actually started limiting for health reasons my alcohol consumption five days a week or four days a week. Really, unless there was something very special going on, the answer was no. So I made the decision that no is the answer and I created the habits around it to make it a reality and then make it easy. Because once you've decided, it's like going on a diet. When you decided that you're just simply not going to eat that or be this way, when the decision's made, the action is so much easier. If you think you would like to lose 20 pounds, it's just, it's never going to happen. If you think you would like a new job, no. You have to say, I want a new job and I'm going to go get one. I want to lose 20 pounds. Now I'm going to lose it. Then you go seek the knowledge and the help to make those, those goals happen. You following me? Okay. So this was something I'd sort of already created in my life. So going, you know, back to last week and everything, these habits that I have taken for granted in my life, because to me, they're just how I exist. They are also what make me quite high functioning. And since people keep commenting on this, not just the doctor, I've been told this many times in my life. It's like, Oh, I think there's a correlation here. So my coach said, what about high functioning habits as a brand, uh, kind of a marketing thing? But what if that was your brand? Now I spent the last six months, trying to put an online course together, mostly around health and lifestyle. I've got a book full of notes and I just needed to get it onto paper. And one crisis after another has been in my life the last few months where my energy was sucked and there was just nothing more I could do. I had to kind of accept that. But the same token, I don't have a direction. Plus, you know what happens when we don't have a goal and a direction and we're not tunnel vision about it? We start getting distracted. Oh, look at the squirrel. I'm gonna be doing this squirrel. Okay, so you think you're, you're, you're thinking you're on this path and every shiny object is all of a sudden a distraction night and day. And I started sort of following those shiny objects. It's like, oh, you know what, I could... The example here I want to give you is my Living Well with Shell business. That is an actual company. It, it, now I, I have a treatment room in my, in my home for ionic foot baths, detoxifying ionic foot baths. And because that's a health type thing, it leads to other things with people being in my clinic or in my treatment room. They look around and they're like, oh, you sell essential oils. Or Shelly, could you do a little counseling with me and a little facilitation on some, some things I'm struggling with in my life? Or do you have any supplements you could recommend? Or I'm having this issue. It's amazing how these things are all just tied together. Well, that's great. And I do love and appreciate that portion, but I was also spiraling too far out of control. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't staying focused. I was becoming like the, uh, what's the expression? Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. I didn't have that end goal focus. So I've noticed that a lot of my time and energy over the fall, besides the 
you know, new student and son and renovation and my accounting business, my energies were going places that it was not focused in getting me to the goal that I'm looking for, which I, you know, want to be public speaking. I want to be helping people facilitate change in their lives. All of these distractions weren't getting me to where I needed to go. Plus, I'm trying to build this website based on all of this. And quite honestly, it just wasn't cohesive. It wasn't coming together. My web developer, who's a very dear friend, you know, he's swamped. He started another business as well. So he's insane. But when he thinks about it once a week, he sends me, I need content. Sends me an email. Shelly, I need content. You know, I can build you this amazing website, but we need content. That's great. I could give him a lot of fluff, but nothing substantial because my, my, I had diversified myself so much. There was no solid, you know, almost innate, in innate, sorry, focus or goal or result that we were, we were looking for. So this last week that really came together and it just changed everything. So my coach is like, you know what, Shell, you've been struggling with this for six months. The team and I are just going to build your landing page. So we went on to, you know, the website places, highfunctioninghabits.com and .ca weren't even taken. No one is, had even taken it. What are the odds of that? It seems like it's such a common, common thing. But you know what? Things like highly effective people and highly effective habits, these are the terms that are just so well known out there and people kind of just go there. There's books written about it as, you know, if you've done any um, self-development work, excuse me, <coughs> you know about these programs that are out there and, and, the, and the authors and the teachers and the, and the mentors that, that teach them. I think one of the best-selling books of all time or really in any of this is these seven habits of highly effective people. You know, we're all very familiar with that terminology. But I don't just want to be effective. I want to function at a, at a much higher level. I want to function at a much higher frequency. There's, there's so much more than just making in this term and making money and having successful businesses. We want, I want a high functioning health life. That's healthy. I want to, I want high functioning health. I want high functioning mental acu acuity. I want high functioning business. I want a high functioning relationship. I want to have high functioning par parenting skills and raise a high functioning child. Now, as it turns out, I have a son with bipolar and it just never occurred to me, not once that he was allowed to just become a statistic and go on, on, on disability. He is educated. He has worked in two different countries outside of Canada. He is quite a little genius in the IT world. Server uh, integration seems to be his speciality. He took a long time, you know, ping-ponging from one thing to another in his early 20s. But he's very focused on that now. You know what? He struggles in a lot of areas of his life. And there might be things in his life that he may do always do without that other people take for granted. He will never be married and have multiple children. Ryan cannot function in that existence. But you know what? He has a lovely child. He is in a wonderful relationship with someone that understands his issues and they're working, they, you know, they do their best to work through these issues. But he's, high, he's as high functioning as I could, as I felt I could raise him to be because my expectation was that he would be high functioning and not just be living with me until he was, until I was dead living off the system. I just, even as a teenager, I did, we didn't understand, we didn't even have a clue he was bipolar until he was late twenties and got mismedicated for depression. Then it was you know, it all blew up in our faces and we realized we had more to deal with than just a bit of depression. And I don't mean to, to, um, to mitigate that or mean to make, make that, to minimize that. I have struggled with that most of my adult life, 
But as a teenager, we really struggled with a lot of things with him, gaming addictions. And then, you know, we got into the, his early 20s. He became a father quite young. It wasn't exactly planned, even though he, he assumed he was in the, in the relationship that was long term. The, the pregnancy was unplanned. And now he was dealing with a lot of things at once and we assumed he was depressed. So we dealt with it from that avenue. But at all times during all of this, the young years, you know, I dealt with him with ADD when he was younger. Sorry, I forgot about that. He was diagnosed by a psychologist when I got out of an abusive relationship. And it, it, was, it was a godsend, actually, because it gave me a direction. And I was not putting him on medication. I just thought there has to be a well again, a way again of developing habits and structure that will allow him to function the best that he is able. And absolutely there was. He had lists. You never gave him more than one thing to do at a time. He completed the task. You brought him back. You gave him another one. All of these things created a calmer environment for Ryan to thrive in. Then his teen years, we had to deal with that. Again, put up a few boundaries, lots of boundaries, but lots of expectations that this can be dealt with. What is my coach Sam Crowley said? Everything is not fixable, is a, fi a figure outable. <laughs> it's not a real word, folks, especially for my uh, English as a second language uh, listeners. Everything is figure outable is not a real word, but that is his sort of belief system. And I have to completely agree with that. With the right amount of knowledge, I believe everything is fixable as well. We, we just get through these things one thing at a time. But the point I'm trying to make is it just my absolute goal at the end of the rainbow, the tunnel, sorry, was that he would be a contributing member of society. I felt as a parent that there was n no place that that expectation wasn't my goal as a parent. Like that was my job. My job was to raise a high, I guess, there we go again, a high functioning member, a contributing member to society. Not a loafer, not someone that lives in victim, I mean, we all go there, we all have our battles, but as a parent, I wanted to see him reach that age of 21 and knowing that he was contributing, not being a detriment to society, okay? That's, it was just, quite honestly, I'm so grateful for that wisdom. It, it's divine wisdom, be very clear, I'm not that bright. Uh, divine wisdom that was given to me as a young mom to say, this is, this is the path we're gonna stay on. And all my decisions regarding his life, raising him my own, I've had, lots of bad decisions in my life. I've made so many mistakes, it's not even funny, and I am still such a work in progress. But there was still that underlying path that this was the goal. He will be contributing. I contribute to society. I did was not going to accept anything less from him. Now, here's a good little segue, although, you know what, I'll do that, and I'll do a podcast on that another day because this one's already getting too long. I'm, I'm re-listening to the... Uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich book right now, an ebook. I read it years ago. I've got a copy in my library. It's obviously been so long since I've read it, I've forgotten half the stories. And I am going to do a podcast on that. It's brought a lot of amazing things to light. And as it turns out, I actually haven't even got through onto the subject of rituals that I did want to talk about today. But that's okay. You know what? That can be next week's podcast. Today is just about the fact that I wanted to share with my listeners we have a focus on this podcast and with the company. The name of the podcast isn't going to change. It's still coulda, woulda, shoulda. I believe in the not living in regret. I believe in sharing of knowledge. But the focus of High Functioning Habits is the brand. It is the website. And that is, you know, sort of the goal of where we're going. And I'm, I hope that you'll subscribe to this podcast. There is, I've changed the Facebook page that is about, that this podcast is linked to, to High Functioning Habits as well. The Living Well with Shell company in the background, health and wellness, all great. 
But the focus now, and I, and I hope you will join me for this, for this journey, is how can we as human beings, and all I've done is put a word to what we've been talking about for over a year and a half now, when I started this podcast a year and a half ago, how can we be the most high-functioning people that we can be no matter our circumstances? No matter what God has given us or what you feel you haven't been given, no matter where you are in your life, and I pray that those little dings are not coming through on this podcast. I apologize. Forgot to turn a couple of electronics off. Again, see, I'm a work in progress. But I want to focus on this particular area to say, hey, there's a name for it. We're, we've, got, we've got kind of a focus, a, a functionality of this, this podcast. We don't, not just living in regret, but if you don't want to live in regret, then you need high-functioning habits. You truly do. You need to have these things in your life to be the best that you can be and to be a benefit of, to others around you and to have the best life that you that you have chosen to have. Remember, I think I put a, no, I did, but I think it was just the other day. I put a post up on the Facebook group and the Instagram. It all starts with a choice. If you haven't chosen, you have no path to follow. You're just existing. You could even be standing still or you're on a treadmill. If you haven't chosen, there's no path to follow. So my goal here, I hope, is to, or my goal here is to help you change your mind. As always, I've said this many times, so this is nothing new. Like I say, the only thing that we've kind of changed is the, the brand name. Nothing in the podcast has changed. I want to help you change your mind because once you've changed your mind, you've opened your awareness and you can choose. And once you've chosen, then I can facilitate you helping you on, a, on the path that you've chosen. But there's no facilitation, no inspiration, motivation, coaching, teaching that really can help someone until they've chosen a path. Then the help is there, whether it be me or someone else or some amazing people out in the world that are there to facilitate that change in your life. One of the coaches that I've worked with for years, uh, Colin Sprake, he owns a company up here in Canada called Make Your Mark. And he talks about um, shelf help. <laughs> he always, it's just a term he uses. He says, you know, people spend thousands of dollars buying courses, buying books, and it goes on the shelf. Well, if you don't open the course book, you can't blame the person that sold it to you. You have just somehow bought yourself a temporary feel good feeling like emotion because you bought something and you feel that you've made a decision. So I bought this, but it goes on the shelf. So therefore you haven't really made a choice. You've simply just spent a thousand dollars. Shelf help will get you nowhere until you open the book, you do the work, you make the choice and find yourself mentors or coaches or facilitators to help you move from A to B. I accepted a long time ago that my job here is not to get you from A to Z. That just isn't possible. My job is to get you from A to B. My, my hopefully my benefit to you as, as my listeners, you as my listeners is to help you open your mind to make a decision to move from A to B just one step at a time and join me next week because I am going to talk about rituals I know it might seem a little odd but it really ties in well to the high functioning habits and attitude and I was re I'm reading a book called Goddesses Never Age I opened it up the other day and she talks about these rituals and they, I'm going to relate them especially to my world of how a lot of these little things or how I keep habits in place through ritual and reward you know, I don't live a life of denial. I just simply, simply don't. I live a life of choice. Catch you on the flip side, everyone. Take care. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. 
remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.